Catching fire as you break through. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one, the one in whom you love and gave yourself for humanity. Increase my love. Help me to
Good morning, church. Welcome. Come on, let's just stand. We're going to get ready to worship right now. Come on, we're going to give God all the praise and all the glory. Amen. Come on, we're going to put our hands together.
I feel like the Lord is saying that he is going to replace the weeping with dancing. He is going to restore dreams and visions and the days of waiting are over. He is going to pour out his presence in a mighty way. All we have to do is be open to it. All we have to do is receive it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you are replacing our weeping with dancing, Lord God. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit, oh God.
thank you that you, that you consume us, God. That the more we spend time with you, that the more we hang with our Father, the more that we hang with our Savior, the more we take on his identity. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that is so exciting. That is so exciting. It's so exciting. Less of me and more of him. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the exchange rate of heaven. We thank you that only you could do that. We thank you, God. We thank you that you don't even ask for our best parts, God, that you ask for. We can we could give you our garbage. We could give you the things that we're struggling with. And you make beauty out of them. You make beauty out of them. We thank you, God. We thank you that you see our hearts. You see that our hearts are for you. And your heart is for us. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for your presence, your presence that just is unmatchable by anything this world could have. There's just no comparison. There's no comparison. We thank you for that. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and everything that we have. And we praise you and we worship you because you are so worthy. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. Yes, let's give him a cheer. Yes, he's so worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Even on our worst day, he's so worthy of our praise. He's so worthy to be thanked. Even when we're not feeling it. It's like the song said, he sets a, a, a feast before us. Even in our, our darkest valley, he prepares a stream for us. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we serve. He feeds us when we're, we don't even think that we're hungry, when we feel like we have to fast. He feeds us in the midst of our enemies. In the midst of the battle, he will feed you. He will feed you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that even when we're not feeling it, you are constantly there. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. for your presence. 
We thank you what you're doing today in this moment, in this hour, in our lives. You see it all. Because you are worthy. We thank you. We give you freedom. We give you freedom in every area of our life. Even those places that we didn't want anybody to know about, God, you know about them, and yet you love us. We give you those too. Consume us, God. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, Redeeming Love. What an awesome day to be in the house of the Lord. Whew. When you came in, you were given an Engage card. We're just going to take a few moments to fill that out, fill the information out that you're comfortable with. And um, there will be time even during the service as Pastor Matt is bringing the message to fill that out. And they will be collected at the end when the um, tithe and offering buckets go around. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out here today. Happy Mother's Day. Whoo, what a great day. Moms are worthy to be celebrated. So I hope you have something planned special. Just saying, if you didn't know it was Mom's Day. But we have a special gift for all moms after the service today. So um, right after the tithes and offerings, I will bring, I will uh, share a little bit more about that. Um, we have a new sermon series coming up next week called Share Jesus. Come on, we should get excited about that. Share Jesus. But what's even more exciting, we have some special guest speakers. So. Chris Garabedian is going to be the special guest speaker on June 4th. Don't miss it. You're going to want to be here. And Charlie Sweet the following week on June 11th. So mark your calendars. Make sure you're in the house. Two great speakers. And uh, it's going to be such a good time. We also want to say thank you for everyone who went through membership. Um, we are going to be playing a slideshow at the end after the video announcements for everybody who um, completed their membership. And um, we know some of you did it for the first time, and some of you have gone through membership in Redeeming Love very so many more times. And I'll let Pastor Matt um, give you a little more info on that. But we just want to thank you. And so at the end of video announcements, just keep your eyes to the, the slides. And uh, we just, we're going to welcome all of those members and re, um, those who went through um, remembership, renewing, I should say. Um, also, you would have received, um, if you are on our email base, you would have received an email about Compass Care. There's a Compass Care um, tour this Thursday from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And they're gathering here at 6 o'clock and carpooling over um, so you can meet here. If that's something you're interested in, they're going to tour the camp, um, the Compass Care facility in Latham. Um, there's going to be, you'll probably see an ultrasound. You're going to get to see the different rooms. There's going to be, um, I think, a nurse that's going to be speaking and interviewing. So if you're interested and you don't understand what Compass Care is, um, this is a great way to find out. So if you're interested in that, um, you can email the church, but meet here Thursday at 6 p.m. And we're just going to pray and dismiss the kids right now. 
Lord, we just thank you for these young ones. We thank you for what you're doing, God. I, I even know that they are having Holy Spirit encounters in children's church now. God, we thank you that you are training up these young ones because they are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. So, Lord, we just pray an outpouring of your spirit and engage kids today. And we just pray, God, that above all, they have fun and that they just understand and really receive the love of Jesus this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And Pastor Matt will be up with the final message in our Joy-Filled Life series. How many, has that been an awesome series? Come on, it's been really good. So this is the um, final one who'll be bringing that after the video announcements and the membership slide. so nice and so so helpful and friendly. 
Uh, the word is a beautiful thing. It's depth. It's it's not like going to McDonald's. It's more like a Thanksgiving dinner every Sunday, and it's just something I'm thrilled to be a part of. Amen. Come on, let's give everybody a hand. Wow, 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 wow. So good, so good, so good. So yes, uh, we have asked everyone to uh, redo membership just because uh, we've changed a few things and updated a few things. And uh, thank you to all of you who took membership and those of you who uh, renewed your membership. And uh, I just want to make special mention right now for two people. I hold in my hand the book the original book written in 1987 and on the inside is the list of the original charter member names and there are two people in that video whose names are on this list and so as I as I call you guys out I'm gonna have you stand up Therese Soda and Linda Cachadorian come on come on come on these guys have been here from the beginning, from the day one. And they're still here. This church is here because of this. Amen? Come on. Wow, this is so good. Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm getting a little excited. You know, it's interesting. I speak with a lot of pastors and talk to a lot of different guys and uh, from a lot of different churches. and. What's happened here doesn't happen. It's not, I, don't know that it's, I don't know of any other church where it's ever happened. Uh, I got saved in this church 31 years ago. And now I'm the senior pastor. And I tell this to other senior pastors, and they're like, what? They're like, what? That never happens. I've never heard. And then I tell them, yeah, and the former senior pastor is still here, Pastor Tom. He's still here. They're like, that never happens. That never happens. And so God's doing something different here. He's doing something unique here. We're a body of believers. We're a family. We love one another. Uh, we're moving forward. God's on the move. 45 healings since 2019. Guys, it's just get, it's about to ready to get off the hook. God's blowing through this place, and, and we just get to watch. You know, uh, We had a Holy Spirit encounter night here on Wednesday, and God did a thing. It was so good. It was fantastic. And we just watched. I just got out of the way and let God do his thing. And it was so much fun. And so this is what we endeavored to do here on a Sunday. Somebody take a deep breath with me. Get ready to eat. That Thanksgiving feast is coming back again. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> We're concluding the joy-filled life today. We wanted to do the video announcements with the new slide for the new sermon series, but I'm so glad that that video played because that video just preaches my message. So thanks, guys. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> but this is the point, is that the joy-filled life is not about what happens. The joy-filled life is about what God does in the midst of what happens. Joy isn't dependent upon what we see. Joy is 
from above and it's from within. And this is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to try and hit every single point that we've talked about. Yeah, so that's, that's not going to work. But we're going to do it. Amen. So listen, point number one. I'm going to, make, I'm going to do review. I'm going to review everything we've talked about over the past five weeks. And then uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to leave you off with one new point, And that's the exchange rate of heaven. But I want to start with this point. Joy is not happiness. Joy and happiness are two different things. And we can be in the midst of sadness and still have the joy that comes from God alone. And so here's the scripture that goes along with this. We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, transient, subject to change, and they're passing away. Mm, yeah. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And so that's, that version's out of the New King James, but it's also got the Pastor Tom slant to it. That's why there's a little PT there. It's got the Pastor Tom slant. The things that are seen are temporary, they're transient, they're subject to change, and they are passing away. And so what we have to understand is that we are a three-part being. We are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and flesh. And so if we choose to live in the flesh, we can have happiness or we won't have happiness depending on what happens. When we live in the flesh, we're going to be happy or not happy. But when we choose to live in the spiritual realm, when we choose to live from our spirit man, we will have joy everlasting. Joy that doesn't fade depending on what happens in our flesh. See, the spirit of a man is supposed to grow to the point where it overrules and overrides our flesh. Our body is supposed to be in subject to our spirit. But the mistake that we make is that we don't feed our spirit often enough. Too often we're feeding our flesh. Too often we're, we're noticing what goes on in our flesh. We're talking about our flesh. We look at our flesh. We, th- those pains are there every moment of the day to remind us of our flesh. But what about the spirit? The spirit's there all the time too. And what we need to do is we need to, and this is the whole, this is the whole series, guys. The whole series is wrapped up in this one idea. Was that we need to learn to feed our spirit man so that our spirit man grows. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporary, transient, subject to change, and they're passing away. Thank you, Pastor Tom. But the things of the spirit are eternal. They last forever. And so do you want to live in something that's passing away, the thieving, the moth, and the rust? And, or do you want to live in heaven? We can live in the spiritual realm, and we can live from heaven right now. Come on. Come on. Whoo. God has joy and he gives it freely. Point number two. God has the joy and he gives it freely. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy, Jesus said, my joy, it's his, may remain in you. He gives it to us and it can stay in us. And then he calls it our joy and that your joy may be full. It's still a spiritual thing. Jesus gives us his joy. God gives us his joy. I've been talking about joy forever, and I had a young man ask me one time, well, is it your joy or is it God's joy? 
The answer is yes. It's his before he gives it to me, but once he gives it to me, it's mine. <laughs> this works in everything. God fights the battle for us. He wins the victory, and then he calls it our victory. We go and preach the gospel, and people get saved. Only Jesus can save people. Only God can save people. And then he gives us credit to our account. You saved people. Good job. I can't save anybody. He tells us to go and heal people. I have never healed one person in my life. Jesus does it all, but he credits it to my account. And he tells me to go and do it. He doesn't even say that I should go and pray. He says, go and heal the sick. Okay. Moving forward. Joy comes through obedience. Joy comes through obedience. Right? God's told us to do certain things. We're going to set ourselves up for joy if we simply just obey what the word says. We all struggle to do this. We all do it in part. We, none of us do it perfectly. All, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Joy comes through obedience. Joyful are those you discipline, Lord, those you teach with your instructions. We've got the instruction manual. It's right here. And as we follow this, joy comes. And it comes because we set ourselves up for success. We set ourselves up for success. When we, when we, um, when we take a victim's, uh, no, I'm sorry. When we talk about how hard it is to follow the Bible, we, we take a victim's mentality approach to obedience. When we talk about the difficulty of following the word, we take, we we take a victim's mentality towards obedience, toward obeying the word, right? I don't ever want to have a victim mentality in obeying the word. I want to have the victory mentality in obeying the word. This is here to protect my life. It's not the 10 commandments. It's the 10 life protectors. I'm going to protect you from, from every harm. I'm going to protect you from every evil. I'm going to protect you from pitfalls and shortcomings and everything if you simply just follow this. And so this is my aim. This is my goal. I don't do it perfectly. I know none of us do. But this is my goal. This is my aim. This is my instruction book for life. Joy comes through thanksgiving. Pastor Stacy touched on this last week. Joy comes through thanksgiving. All throughout the Bible, the, we, we read where thanksgiving and joy are side by side. Rejoice always. Uh, what, what's the rest of that voice? Re rejoice always. Uh, give thanks in all things. Right? So joy, thanks. Let us, become, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Thanksgiving, joy. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving enters us into his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Thanksgiving brings us into the place where we receive joy. Pastor Kurt Morgan preached a message here years and years and years ago and how thanksgiving pushes us into joy Joy pushes us into receiving grace. Grace pushes us into thanksgiving. Thanksgiving pushes us into joy. Grace, thanksgiving, joy, grace, thanksgiving, joy, grace, thanksgiving, joy. How fast can I do this? How fast can I get it going? Let's find out. Come on. Pastor Stacy brought up the great point last week. Sometimes you just got to search for something to give thanks for. God, thank you for the air I'm breathing. God, thank you for the sun in the sky that heats the earth. God, thank you for my flesh that I have trouble with. God, thank you for all things. 
All things. And there's nothing that we can't give thanks for. There's nothing that we can't give thanks in. Sometimes we just need to be disciplined. Sometimes we just need the discipline of thankful, thankfulness. Just start giving thanks. Just start with something. Give thanks for something. Do you have a shirt on your back? Thanks for the shirt on my back. Thanks for the shoes on my feet. It can start real small. It's going to grow. If you only were to have tomorrow what you gave thanks for today, what would you have tomorrow? I, that changes my prayer. If that was the truth, my whole prayer, my, my whole prayer time changes. All I'm doing is giving thanks. God, thank you for my Bible. God, thank you for my tissue. God, thank you for my iPad and the iPad cover. God, thank you for the Engage card. Thank you for my pen. Thank you for my shoes and my socks and my pants. It doesn't end. If I only woke up tomorrow with what I had, with, for, with what I gave thanks for. <laughs> thanks, joy, grace. 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 That's good that you're laughing. That's good. I know. Joy. Joy is breaking out all over the room. <laughs> Joy comes through understanding eternity. The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is a spiritual thing. And the Spirit's based in eternity. Our spirits will live forever. The Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, but we haven't understood it. We all believe that we will live forever because we will, because our spirits are going to live forever. But then someone's 95 years old and they had a heart attack and a stroke and hit by a car and all this stuff, and how could he have died? Well, that, you just believe that they're going to live forever, but there, it's, there's a truth to that. We're going to. We're going to live forever, either in heaven or in hell, and we get to choose. But joy comes through understanding eternity. It comes through understanding eternity. The more that we understand heaven and the more that we understand eternity, the more we set ourselves and we fix ourselves to have joy in our life. When we understand eternity and we put on the glasses of eternity and we look at the temporary transient subject to change and passing away things that affect us on a daily basis through the lenses of eternity and heaven, they look very different. They're much, 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 much smaller. They're actually so small, they're almost imperceptible. Paul calls them these momentary light afflictions that are not worthy to be compared with the grace that is being revealed in us. Amen? Amen. These momentary light afflictions. Yeah. It's temporary, transient, subject to change, and is passing away. Everything in this world is subject to change. Everything in this world is passing away. The knowledge of this world, 1 Corinthians 13 says that the knowledge of this world will pass away. Everything that we know, everything that we understand, physics, chemistry, anything, everything, thermodynamics, uh, it's all going to pass away because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The Bible tells us that there will, we will no longer need the sun. <laughs> Scientists tell us right now that if the sun were to go away, like we would die within hours, right? Because the heat from the sun, we, it, it's the life source for the whole planet. But in heaven, in the new earth, 
there will be no need of the Son. Come on. How does that work? Because it's a different world. There's different rules. Everything that you know is subject to change and passing away. <laughs> Not going to let go of this verse today. We're going to have to review it at the end. Joy comes through salvation. Joy comes through knowing Jesus. You can't, I mean, you can have joy, but you probably just have happiness if you don't have Jesus. But happiness is here or there. It comes and it goes. Joy comes through salvation. David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. God has a generous spirit. I want to be generous like my father. Joy comes through salvation. So when we are saved, when we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we're going to heaven, it changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we view everything. Everything changes. Everything changes. This is why everything changes when, when we know Jesus. This is why Jesus can change your life. He can shift the whole thing. Because it's about him. And it's about saving. And it's about knowing that we have salvation. Joy comes through receiving forgiveness and forgiving others. Ephesians 4:32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, even as God in Christ forgave you. There's not a great scripture for this, but I'm here to tell you today that if you do not forgive others, you're not going to have joy. If you can't forgive yourself, you're not going to have joy. If you don't receive the forgiveness that God has to offer you, you're not going to have joy. It's, it's a guarantee. It, it's, it's pretty much a guarantee. Forgiveness, unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Scripture says that. And so unforgiveness is, is basically like it's a roadblock to joy. It's a roadblock to joy. The joy's coming, but there's unforgiveness not going to get through. You're not going to have it. So if you have unforgiveness in your life and you've been listening to the whole series and you're like, I still can't get it. Try forgiving yourself, others, receiving the forgiveness that God has to offer. Forgiveness is huge to the Lord. Forgiveness is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. It's not a little thing. We can't overlook it. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. If we were to just read through the Gospels, and I've said this before, but it's worth saying again because there's still mileage on it, just like your tires. <laughs> if we were to just read through the Gospels, three times it's mentioned, do not lust. Lust is a pretty big issue, right? Lust is a pretty big sin. Nobody in here would be like, oh, you know, if, if you're lustful, it's okay. Nobody would say that. Nobody would say that. But if you read through the Gospels, beginning to end, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, three times, don't lust. In Matthew alone, it's a dozen times, forgive, 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 forgive. Times four, as an average, 48 times. Jesus put a lot of emphasis on forgiving. He tells whole parables about forgiving. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. If you're struggling with forgiveness, keep struggling. <laughs> Find your way through. I, you, we'll have another sermon series on forgiveness. We've done it before. We'll do it again. It's a big deal. Why? Because it's a big deal for Jesus. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. 
As a matter of fact, he says, if you don't forgive others, then my heavenly father won't forgive you. Does that call my salvation into question? I think it does. And I'm not here to say like you need to forgive or you're not going to heaven. Although it's true. <laughs> I'm here to say that. Okay. How do I want to word this? Give me a second. I'm here to say that I'm not here to judge whether or not you've forgiven to the point where you get to go to heaven. How's that sound? Is that better? Does that work? I'm not here to be the judge. I don't need to judge. I mean, I'm the pastor and I'm going to tell you you need to forgive until I'm blue in the face. I'm going to tell you that you need to forgive until I see you forgive. But it's only for your benefit. It's only for your benefit. We don't forgive others for the benefit of the person who hurt us. We forgive others for our own benefit. We forgive others for our own benefit. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Why didn't that work? Uh, really? <laughs> You're not going to take the rat poison and eat the rat poison and think that your rats are going to die. Right. Nobody does that. You don't take the rat poison and eat it. You put it out for the rats to eat. But this is the way unforgiveness works, is that we eat the poison ourselves thinking that the other person's going to die. It doesn't work. Right. We're only hurting ourselves. Yeah. <sighs> Forgive. Forgive, 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 forgive. Joy comes through forgiving, receiving forgiveness. Sometimes we, we don't forgive ourselves. God forgives us because we've asked him to, but then we don't forgive ourselves. And so sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive others. And then we can come to the beautiful place where we're just unoffendable. I can't be offended. Doesn't matter what you do. I just choose not to be offended. I know that you may have said that because you don't like me. I know that you may have said that because there's hurt in the past of your life. I know you may have said that for a dozen or billion different reasons, but I'm just gonna to choose to not be offended because I don't, need to pick up, I don't need to pick up an offense. Offenses are sure to come. People will offend. I know that I'm gonna be offended. Somebody's gonna offend me somehow, some way. But I have the choice to pick it up and harbor and dwell and think again and again and again about what they said, yeah. or I can choose to just not pick it up at all. I don't need to, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to tell anybody. I'm going to erase it from my mind. Take my little eraser. The joy of the cross. We hit on this a number of uh, messages ago, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There was a joy that Jesus had in mind when he went through the pain and the suffering and the shame of the cross. There was a joy that Jesus had in mind when he went through the pain and the suffering and the shame of the cross, and that joy was you. It's you. And it's you, and it's you, and it's you, and it's you, and it's each one of you. It's every single one of you. He would have done it just for you. He would have done it only for you. It's you. You are his joy. You are the joy that Jesus had in mind when he endured the cross. You're the joy that Jesus saw on the other side of the cross. Just you. Just you. Just you. It's very personal. This is why when, when he died, the veil was torn in two from top to bottom, from God's end to our end. He did it. We couldn't do it. 
because he wanted to reestablish this relationship between him and us. This relationship between him and us. This is the joy of God that he might walk with us. It's the restoration of what's in the garden. Right? In the garden, God would come and he'd walk in the cool of the day with Adam. And so it's just the restoration of things. He comes back and he restores this where we get to walk in the garden again with God. Only it's not just in the cool of the day. It's all day long, every moment of the day, every point of the day. There's never any time where God's not here because his Holy Spirit is with us. And so we have him living on the inside of us all the time. And so we can have this conversation and this relationship with God 24-7. Speak to him when you go to bed at night. Speak to him when you get up in the morning. Speak to him when you're alone. Speak to him when you're with people. Speak to him when you're in the car. Speak to him when you're... It's constant. God always restores better. God, God always restores better than before. When, when Job went through his trial, God restored and gave him double. When Peter goes through his time, he comes back and he leads the brethren. God's always about restoring better than he left. And so when God restores the authority that Adam had, it wasn't just the authority that Adam had. Adam had the authority over the earth. And when he restores it after the cross, he comes to his disciples, Matthew 28, Great Commission. And he says, all authority in heaven, and on earth. Adam had the authority on the earth and Jesus says, I'm coming and now I've got the authority of heaven too. And so here's the authority over the earth and here's the authority in heaven. And so now go, I've restored it and it's even better than it was before. <laughs> and so, the, you know, I, I, as I think about this and I'm, my, my mind starts to explode Right, And the scripture that comes to me whenever I start to think about the fact that we now have the authority of heaven is the scripture from Daniel where the angel comes. I don't know if Daniel 7, Daniel 9, Linda would know. Where the angel comes and says to Daniel, uh, from the day that your prayers were heard, I responded, but the prince of the power of the air withheld me. And I had to battle for 21 days. That battle's over with. That battle's been won. That's the authority that we now have in the heaven pla heavenly places. So now when we pray, it's not just this slow, we're waiting for God. No, it's an immediate transfer because we have the authority of the heavens. I don't know why I'm the only one excited about this. <laughs> like I just, I'm about to blow up. I don't even know. Oh, Lord. Joy and trials. I got to. I got to finish this. Joy and trials. My brother, encounter all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. But let patience, let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. I quoted it out of NIV because that's where I originally learned it and then finished it in New King James. So I'm sorry for that. But here it is, guys, is that we can have joy through the midst of trials because joy is in the spiritual realm and the trials that ever happened to us are only ever in the flesh. <laughs> okay, so we can have joy in the midst of trials because joy comes through the spirit when the trials that we face are only ever in the flesh. I'll say it one more time just, for, just, for, just so you can really get it. We can have joy in the midst of trials because joy comes from the spiritual realm. Joy comes from the kingdom realm. 
And the trials that we face on a daily basis are in the flesh. And so as long as we're living in and from the spirit, our spirit overrules our flesh. But the problem that we have is that too often we're living in and from the flesh and we're not living in and from the spirit. Whoo, that's, that's good stuff right there. Come on. All right. I want to I end with this last point on joy. The exchange rate of heaven. The exchange rate of heaven. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all of those who mourn. So this is the scripture in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus stands up and he reads in the synagogue. This day, he says, this scripture is fulfilled within your hearing. So Jesus was the one who came that was anointed to preach the good news to the poor. And now, as he's gone to heaven, he's passed the mantle on to us. He's passed the baton on to us. And so now you can read it and you can say, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Pastor Matt, upon Lillian, upon John, upon Soraya and Dorothy and and and... And Meredith, thank you. And so it's upon Stacy and Zach and Angelia. Yeah, my mind is way too full. The spirit of the God is upon me because he has anointed me. Somebody say me. me. To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me. Say me. me. To heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to the bound. To proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord, year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all those more. That's what your job is. Woo. Glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 3. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I guess I'm shaking this a little bit. To console all of those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty. And here it is. Here's the exchange rate. To give them beauty for ashes. To give them the oil of joy for mourning. To give them the garment of praise for the spirit of happiness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That God may be glorified. All of this. So that yeah, all of this so that God can be glorified. He doesn't do it for me. I mean, he does it for me. And I get the benefit of living in joy. But he does it so that he gets the glory. It's a win-win. It's a win-win-win. I win. The people watching me win. And God wins. We all win. I love this. I've never seen a win-win-win. I've never seen that. But God Here's the exchange rate of heaven. He takes the things that are worthless in our life. Ashes. I have a wood stove. I cook, I burn wood all winter long. I don't cook wood. I burn it. <laughs> I burn wood all winter long to heat my home. And I have ashes at the end. Do you know what those ashes are good for? Nothing. Not, you guys are coming up with like hair, harebrained things. Like, they're good for this. You can use it for that. <laughs> Yes, there are things that can be done with ashes, but it's very small. They're worthless. He takes things that are worthless. What happens, what happens when our dreams die? Ashes. What happens when our hopes die? 
Ashes. What happens when everything that we've been believing for isn't going to happen anymore? Ashes. So what do we do now that we have ashes? What do we do? We take our ashes and we bring them to Jesus. And when we give him our ashes, he gives us beauty. But it only comes through surrender. We have to surrender what we already have. That's thing that's worthless that we're holding on to. The story that we tell for the thousandth time about how my hope, dream, whatever died. <laughs> I had a horse. <laughs> We take our ashes and we leave them at the altar and he gives us beauty. We take our mourning and we lay it at the altar. We give it up. We surrender it. And he gives us joy. And we take our heaviness. How many of you ever felt heaviness before? The heaviness of the world, the heaviness of decisions, the heaviness of, I mean, fill in the blank. We take our heaviness and we lay it at the altar. We lay it at the foot of the cross. And he gives us the garment of praise. We can put praise on like a garment. Put it on. And then go and do it. And praise God. When you praise God, things in the spiritual realm change. When you praise God, things in the spiritual realm shift. Things become different because you've chosen to praise God. The oil of joy for mourning. There was a, there was a, um, there was a young man who uh, my friend, my kids became friends with years ago. Uh, they were in, I forget what grade. It was probably like ninth or tenth grade. And there was this young man, and um, they became friends. And we, they had only been friends for a short period of time, maybe six months to a year. He had been over the house a few times. Um, came to my mom's house for dinner a couple Tuesday nights because my mom was doing Tuesday night dinners back then. And they had gotten to know this young man, and he was the nicest, nicest, most sweet, gentle, wonderful young man that, I mean, you could just ever meet in your life. I mean, you know, he'd come over, and I'd be like, what's up with you guys? <laughs> he was just the nicest kid, nicest, nicest kid. And then uh, two days before... Christmas, we got word that he had committed suicide. I didn't know him really well, but I just couldn't stop crying. And I would just bawl and bawl and bawl and sob and sob and sob, and I just couldn't stop crying. And I don't know why. I still, to this day, I don't know why. But there was something about this young man that struck my heart. And I just couldn't stop crying. And so I learned that when I had this morning, when I was this upset, that God was faithful to his word. And I would take my morning. I couldn't stop crying. But when I, when I came to the realization that I can't stop crying, I would go to the altar. And I'm just walking this way as, as, a, as, a, as a sign, guys. But the altar is everywhere as you are all the time. And so in the parking lot, I would just go down on my knees and I would say, God, I bring you my morning right now. Put your hands right on the asphalt, your face if you have to, and say, God, I give you my morning right now. And I would just stay in this place where I'm giving my morning to God. 
until it left. I would try and find places inside because <laughs> I don't want to do this out, out on the sidewalk, especially in December. But I would give the Lord my morning. And I want to tell you right now that he was faithful, that every time I went and I gave him my morning, when I stood back up, I had joy and I felt joy. And that sorrow and that weeping that I couldn't get to go away, it left. This is the exchange rate of heaven. And what would happen is we'd go about, yeah, I, I'm good, I, I got the joy, I got rid of the morning, and we'd go about and we'd be, you know, whatever, and we'd go on. It's Christmas time, so we go to the next house that we're going to visit, you know, we make the rounds, and we go to the next house and, or wherever it was that we were going. And the morning would come back. It came back. But the process still works. Doesn't matter how many times you have to do it. You just bring the morning back and you lay it down to God. You say, God, I don't know why I'm so upset about this. I still to this day don't know why I'm so upset. I mean, obviously I'm telling the story to you now and I, and I just cry because I, I still remember the young man. And it's okay, it's okay to cry, it's okay to have tears, but I have joy in the midst of the tears. Right? I, the tears and the mourning is because of what happened in the flesh, but they're also because there was something that happened with this young man. There's something spiritual that went on here, and I don't know the answers, and I don't ask the questions. I don't have the answers, and I don't ask the questions. I don't need to know. I can suppose, I could guess, that doesn't help. I could go and find the family and I could ask them the questions and I could get the answers. But that won't help. Being able to place blame doesn't remove the mourning. Sometimes we need the peace that passes all understanding. And if you want the peace that passes all understanding, then you've got to give up your right to understand. Yeah. And so I don't need to understand. Yeah. I don't need to know why it happened. I know that it happened. And I can just be okay with having the morning and then knowing how to deal with it every once in a while when it comes back. I'm okay. <laughs> of course I'm okay. You guys see me? I'm joyful all the time. I'm only sad now because I'm telling the story. I don't think about this story ever, except for when I, I'm going to tell it and share it. And that's okay. That's okay. I haven't forgotten the young man. I love that young man. He's in heaven now, I'm sure. to give us the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, that God gets glorified. When you go to a foreign country, you have to exchange in the dollar bills that you have to get the other currency that that country uses so that you can spend your money in that nation. We went to Colombia last year for a wedding and we had to trade in our American dollars and we got pesos. Colombian pesos, different than Mexican pesos. Same word, different value. Colombian pesos. And so we got our pesos, and so we walked up. Now, they would take our American dollars there, but, you know, they won't take pesos over here in America. <laughs> if I walk into um, Dunkin' Donuts with my pesos, they're like, I won't take that. What is that? We don't take that here. Because they don't know the value of it. They'd have to figure that out, and they can't be bothered. So they're like, no, we don't take that. And so we need to exchange what we have 
here in this world for what's in heaven. And this is the process. The process happens through prayer. The process happens on our knees. This is the position of victory. On our knees. This is where we win. And this is where we make the exchange of heaven. This is the, the beauty of the exchange rate of heaven. So there's value attached to the American dollar. And there's value attached to the Colombian peso. And so I, I forget how much we brought, a couple hundred dollars, maybe let's say $200 in American dollars. And we got, I think it was 300 million Colombian pesos. It's just an exchange rate, so, but it was, it's an even exchange. When I walked out of that door with my Colombian pesos, I had the same value in my hand, although it was 300 million as opposed to 200 American dollars. Uh, guys following me? Yep. Checking with me? Right. This is not the exchange rate of heaven. The exchange rate of heaven is that he takes that thing which is absolutely worthless. It has no value. No one would buy it from you. It's worth nothing. It's not even worth, it's actually not even worth zero. You'd actually have to pay to get rid of it. <laughs> They're gonna, you're going to pay to have that taken away? And he gives us, he takes that thing which is worthless, and he gives us something that is priceless. You can have all the money in the world, and you can't buy it. You can have all the money in the world, you can't buy beauty. You can have all the money in the world, and you can't buy joy. You can have all the money in the world, and you can't buy the garment of praise. He takes that which is worthless, and he gives us that which is priceless. This is our God. This is what he does. This is the nature of our God. He doesn't just do it here. This is, this, is, this is his regular practice with us. All throughout scripture. Just look at who God is. And this is always the way that he behaves. He takes the worthless thing from us and he gives us the priceless thing. Isaiah 61, verse 7. But you shall be named priests of the Lord. They shall call you servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentile, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of shame, you shall have double honor. He takes our shame. He gives us double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. He takes our confusion, and he gives us their portion, our portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be yours. Amen. It's mine. I've got it. I'm not letting it go. Not giving it up. I'll give you as much joy as I have. I'll give you all my joy because I serve a God who's got more than enough. And so as I give all my joy away, he just fills me right back up. Romans 6, 23. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus took our sin and he gave us eternal life. Here he is again. He's taken that thing that is worthless, sin, he took it, he took it all, he took it on the cross, he took it once and for all, and he gave us eternal life. This is our God. Yeah. Yeah. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We sin and did wrong, he gets hurt. We have iniquities, he gets bruised. We get peace, he gets chastised. We get healing, he gets stripes. This is our God. This is who he is. This is the nature of our God. Continuing over and over and over and over again, he takes the thing that is worthless and he gives us the thing that's priceless. How much does healing worth? People spend thousands and tens of thousands and millions of dollars for healing and they're still not healed. God gives us healing. He takes stripes on his back for it. Unbelievable. 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 This is our God. And I'm going to just end with this one. This is one that you guys all know so well. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. 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 Love, 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 love. I was in conversation. Uh, it, I was going to tell this story just because it's fun. And uh, Lori interviewed me. And so she asked me this question about love. And I didn't know what to say, so I thought about it for a moment. And um, the question was, is how is love related to joy and peace and hope and all these things, right? And so I thought about it for a minute, and the only way that I can explain it is this. All right, so you guys are familiar with cards, and you guys are familiar with um, um, poker, right? And so the best hand you can have in poker, just for those of you who don't know, is a straight flush. It's when you get... Ace, king, queen, jack, ten, all in the same suit. And Pastor Steve, which suit's the best to have? Is it spades or? They're all equal. They're all equal. Okay. So ace, king, queen, jack, ten, all the same suit, all spades, right? You've got the best hand out of the deck. You can't be beat. And so when you have joy, hope, faith, love, and what was the other thing that we were talking about? Joy, faith. Joy, peace, faith, hope, and love. There you go. Thank you. Joy, peace, faith, hope, and love. You've got the straight flush. You can't be beat. And then I'm like, but love is like this. Love is when you pull out your hand and you've got, I've got all love. There's not that many love cards in the deck. I know. But that's what I've got. Actually, I don't have five cards. I've got six. I've got... I've got six love cards. How'd you do that? I don't know. I don't know. But love is better than joy. Love is better than peace. Love is better than faith. Love is better than hope. And love is equal to love. So if I've got six love and you've only got, I know you've got a straight flush and you thought you couldn't be beat, but I've got the love. <laughs> but this is the way love is. And so if we, if we stay in love, we'll always win. We can't lose. Love never fails. That was just extra. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is, now you can say it with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, I didn't put 23 up. That's all right. 
The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so the beauty of it is, guys, is that in order to get the fruit of God, all we need to do is be in God's presence. And so if we simply determine that we're going to live in and from the presence of God, joy will be ours. Love for ourselves and for others will be ours. Peace will be ours. Patience will be ours. Kindness will be ours. Gentleness will be ours. Self-control will be ours. We get it all. And we don't have to strive. There's no striving. My apple tree doesn't strive to produce apples. When the tree is healthy, it produces. And so as we are fellowshipping with the Lord in a good way, it produces. It produces so we don't have to work at it. I gave you all of these things that you can do these things to get joy, but we don't even have to work at it. There's no struggle. There's no striving. It just comes. It just comes. We can do all those things, and all those things help. And like I said, forgiveness is a roadblock. But really, it's just staying in the presence of God. If we can just stay, if we can just remain, we'll have the joy. I want to just invite you, if you're here in this room today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I've been talking about joy, I've been talking about serving God, now uh, this whole message, and if you, you're here, you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to do that today. It's something that most of us in this room have already done. We've, we've made Jesus Lord. We, we endeavor to live this Christian life. We, in, we endeavor, like I said, to follow the Bible. Although we don't do it perfectly, we do it as well as we can. And so if you're here today and you've never made that decision, I want to invite you to make that decision today. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And so if that's you and you want to, if you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, if you want to make the decision to have joy, I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Pray and ask, Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, help me to live for you all the days of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You were buried and rose the third day and are seated at the right hand of God. You saved me from my sins so that I can go to heaven. You delivered me from all oppression and you healed all of my sicknesses. We receive it now in Jesus' name. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to check the box on your Engage card that says, Today I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, it's, it's the top left-hand corner. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information that describes uh, the decision that you made and what your next steps are. First step is to find a good church to belong to. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If, if, if it's too much for you here, we'll, we'll find you a church. But just check that box and let us know that you made that decision. The Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice more over one sinner who, who gives their life to Christ, one person who gives their life to Christ, than the hundred of us that are here to praise him, not needing forgiveness. And so if that's you today, just come and let us know, and, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this series. Looking forward to share Jesus next week and uh, our guest speakers to come. So who's coming up to receive the offering? Come on up. All right. That was a great sermon. Whew. Okay. 
So there are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. There's a card in the chair backs, and there are the slides on the screen explaining all the different ways. Um, so I'd like to uh, read a, a scripture here that goes perfectly into the sermon. <clears throat> this is uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. This is the in the NLT translation. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for... Uh, oh, I skipped there. Uh, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. And then, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Amen. Amen. So having joy is giving cheerfully, right? That's just a natural, a natural response to having joy. And it's not, it's not something that we have to do it's something that we get to do right we get to partner with god in this right so as as we celebrate mother's day today um and uh you know and and we we uh we celebrate with our with our mothers and all the countless things that they that they've done for us and and the thoughts and prayers that they've had for us right the one that we get to partner with our creator God has had so many thoughts about us every single second that they outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. Every single second. Now, we know our mothers had, had a lot of thoughts and prayers about all of us, or at least I think so, right? But our creator God had that many thoughts and prayers about, and thoughts about us every single second. And that's who we get to partner with and be fellowship with, Amen. right? And as we give our tithes and offerings, we get to be an active participant in that. It's so awesome. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everybody here, Father. And uh, we're, we are just praying for our hearts to be changed, for joy to enter in fully and abundantly, Father, in everyone here and in our tithes and offerings. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And Pastor Stacy, come on up. Thank you, Brian. Whew. Um, I just want to remind everybody that we are going to have prayer underneath the screens like we always do. But outside, we have set up a table for our moms. And I don't know if anybody um, has ever had um, nothing but bunk cakes, but each um, we have those for every mom that's here today. So please avail yourself. Go outside to the beautiful table and pick up your cake and enjoy 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 I love them they're so good there's tons of different flavors out there so please be blessed and I just want to pray a blessing over our moms this morning Lord I just thank you God I thank you for all of these women God who who you have anointed to be moms, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bless them today. Lord, you chose in your great plan to use women to bring life to this earth. And Lord, we thank you for the women that you have used, God, to bring life, to bring the next generation, God. So I pray right now that you would just bless them abundantly, that not only would they feel
feel love and appreciation from the people around them, from their children and from their families and from their friends, but Lord, that they would feel your love and affection that comes only from you. God, those that um, just need to feel you in a new way, Lord, I pray that you would touch them and anoint them in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.